Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalam. Ala Rasulillah. Wa ala alihi. Wa sahbihi. Wa man. Wa ala. Allahumma salli wa sallam. Ala Sayyidina Muhammad al-Miftahi. Baba rahmatillah. Adada ma fi ilmi la salatan. Wa salamin daimaini. Bidewami mulkillah. Wa ala alihi. Wa sahbihi. Wa man. Wa ala. Alhamdulillah. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For the Ni'matul Kubra, the Ni'matul Uzma, our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, who is the greatest and most magnificent of all of the blessings of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Bushra'anana ma'ashar al-Islami innalana min al-inayati yurukrin ghaydamun hadimi. From the blessing of our belief in the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we take this glad tidings, O people of Islam, because that our belief in him and our connection to his deen is a pillar that can never be broken. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that he summoned the blessed Prophet Muhammad sallallahu to his presence. And the reflection that I want to offer in this very blessed night is a reflection that is of the utmost importance for every single one of us. And it's that we have to be an abd of Allah. We have to be a servant of Allah. Everything about this deen relates to servitude and submission. And this is one of the great meanings of the Isra and the Mi'raj. And this is indicated in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Subhanallahi asra bi abdihi. That glory be to the one who caused his abd, his servant, to travel by night. When we speak about the Isra, this is what Allah Ta'ala mentions. That he refers to the Prophet as his abd, as his servant. And then when we know that our Prophet was in the Divine Presence, after ascending the seven heavens, after experiencing the Bayt al-Ma'mur, the populous house, after hearing the Sarif al-Aqlam, the scratching of the pins, after experiencing the Siddharatul Muntaha, the furthest most, the furthermost low tree, and all of the wonders that he experienced on this blessed night, and he comes into the divine presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we know then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to him certain things. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in his book, Wa awha ila abdihi. Ma'oha. And he revealed to his servant what he revealed. He left it unknown. He left it ambiguous intentionally. And everything, of course, in the Quran is done so according to the divine will. The rhetorical meaning here is that it is such a great matter that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to our Prophet there's no way for us to ultimately know it, so it has to remain ambiguous. He revealed to his servant what he revealed. But here again, ila man, ila abdihi, to his servant, to his abd. And so that we know that our Prophet was the greatest servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all of his different states. And were it not to be for the servitude, he wouldn't have been permitted into the Divine Presence. And we have to understand that virtually everything around us in the modern world is trying to strip us of the greatest 
commodity of all, which is our servitude of Allah. This is where our fakhr, our glory and pride lies, in the fact that we are servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the secret internally of how we can conquer our inferiority complex by being servants of Allah. There's a dimension of the intellect, no doubt, that requires knowledge. But then the spiritual dimension relates to our pride being in the fact that we are servants of Allah Jalla Jalalu. And this is one of the greatest meanings that we can learn from the Layl Isra'u Mi'raj. And this is one of the greatest meanings that we hope by studying it, by coming together virtually to talk about it, that this meaning will seep into the depths of our hearts and that we will learn how to be true servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so, our Prophet ﷺ was the greatest servant of Allah, of all. And thus he was permitted to enter into the Divine Presence. And as we progress in life, when we put the various sunnahs of our Prophet into practice, what are we doing? We're becoming better servants of Allah We are learning how to be before our Lord. So this is the first point. Now I want to tie this into something that indirectly relates to the Isra and Mi'raj of our Prophet And that maybe we won't say indirectly, but maybe we'll say that we're going to relate this blessed night and what our Prophet did to that one of the other Prophets, the blessed Prophet Ayyub, the blessed Prophet Yunus rather, that والسلام, the Prophet Jonah. And we have a hadith in Bukhari that our Prophet said, It is not befitting for a servant, an abd, to say that I am better than Yunus ibn Matta, the Prophet Jonah. And the scholars say that what our Prophet was indicating here is that both of us share prophethood. He was from the prophets and I'm from the prophets. And the Prophet of course knew what Allah Ta'ala says, Tilko Rusul Those messengers, we preferred some over the others. He is the one who said, I am the preeminent of all of the children of Adam and I'm not boasting. But our Prophet was saying this for a specific reason. And one of them has said, it was because if you look at our Prophet ﷺ, he ascended to a place no one before him and no one after him will ever ascend to. He traveled by night to Bayt al-Maqdas. And then he ascended, and we use the word up, into heaven. And he went beyond the first heaven to the second heaven to the third heaven. And he went even beyond the seventh heaven. And he comes to the Siddharatul Muntaha. And the word Muntaha, furthermost, here is because Huna yentahi ilmul khalaiq, ilmul malaika, wa ilmul rusul, wa man Because it is here at the Siddharatul Muntaha, the furthermost low tree, that the knowledge of his creation, including the prophets, including the malaika, ceases, it ends. They don't know beyond that. And there's other interpretations of why it's called Siddhartha Muntaha. But our Prophet ﷺ goes beyond the Siddhartha Muntaha into the presence of Allah Jalla Jalalu. And he was the only one that was permitted to do that. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Whereas, so he reached 
the apex, the pinnacle of creation. And even though when we talk about the first heaven even, let alone the second, third, or seventh, let alone beyond the Sidrat al-Muntaha, we are talking about a space, a place that doesn't exist within the terrestrial heaven. So everything in the cosmos, everything in our known universe is within the Sama'a dunya, the terrestrial heaven. The first heaven is beyond that in a way that we can't fully understand, but we affirm that it exists. Let alone, speaking of our Prophet going into the Divine Presence. But we can outwardly say that our Prophet reached the pinnacle of creation. And this is what Sheikh Yusuf al-Nabahani mentions when he talks about the blessed sandals of the Prophet. On the apex of this creation are the two sandals of Muhammad And outwardly, where did Jonah go? He went to the lowest part of creation. He went into the depths of the sea in the belly of a whale. And we believe in that as we're supposed to believe in it. Unapologetically. And so this is one of the reasons why our Prophet ﷺ mentioned this blessed hadith. And another reason is, of course, I'm going to come back to this point, is that when Allah says in Surah Al-Qalam, فَصْبَرْ لِحُكْمِ rabbika, Be patient with the judgment or the decree of your Lord. وَلَا تُكُنْ كَصَاحِبِ الْحُوتِ Do not be like the Sahib al-Hut, the possessor of the whale, literally the man of the whale, Sayyidina, that Yunus, the Prophet Jonah, alayhi salam, إِذْ نَادَى وَهُوَ مَقْظُومٌ When he called out or cried out when he was distressed. But look what happens. فَاجْتَبَهُ رَبَّهُ فَجَعَلُ مِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ Allah chose him and made him from the righteous. So this is in Surah Al-Qalam, where Allah Ta'ala says this. Do not be like the Sahib Al-Hut. And so the Prophet wanted to be sure that people that didn't take from the great rank of the Prophet Yunus And this trial that he went through was because he didn't receive special permission to leave his people. And thus he was tried in the way that he was tried. But the other meaning of this is what our Prophet is indicating to us by pointing out even though Sayyidina Yunus was in the lowest place that any Prophet has ever been outwardly, physically. And the Prophet ascended to the highest place that someone could ever attend. La, don't, that say that I'm better than Yunus. In other words, as I've heard one of the righteous mention, Al-Hadra Wahida. When you're in the Divine Presence, it's one. The Divine Presence is one. Whether you are that in the depths of the sea, with the three layers of darkness, the darkness of night, and the darkness of the sea, and the darkness of the belly of the whale, or whether that you are in the Divine Presence, it's the, it's the same Hadra. The Hadra is one. The Divine Presence of Allah is one. And this is why we see in the blessed supplication of the Prophet Yunus والسلام, La ilaha illa anta Subhanaka ni kuntum min al-zalimeen there is no God except you. La ilaha illa anta. Here he didn't say la ilaha illallah. 
He didn't say La ilaha illa huwa. He said La ilaha illa anta. There is no God except you. And so our Prophet embodied that meaning of feeling a need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of feeling in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of being broken before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a way that's pleasing to Him without having been tried, like Sayyidina Yunus was tried. And so there's a connection in that sense. And now I want to now look at these blessed verses, these two blessed verses in Surah Al-Anbiya that speak of what happened to Sayyidina Yunus. So Allah Ta'ala says, وَذَا nun إِذَّهَبَ مُغَادِبًا And the nun, the Prophet Jonah, when he went off in anger, فَظَنَّ أَلَنْ نَقْدِرَ عَلَيْهِ Thinking we would not restrain him, or you could translate that as, thinking that we would not decree what it is that we would decree. فَنَادَ فِي الظُّلَمَاتِ So he called out in the deep darkness. Allah ilaha illa anta subhanak and ikunta min al-zalimeen. There was no God except you. Glory be to you. I have certainly done wrong. Or you could translate that. I am certainly of the wrongdoers. He associated himself with the wrongdoers. To be humble before Allah Jalla Jalal, even though this is a prophet. And then he's teaching us how to be as an ummah. And what does Allah Ta'ala say after this supplication of the Prophet Yunus? فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ We answered his prayer. We responded to him. وَنَجَّيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْغَمْ And we saved him from distress. وَكَذَلِكَ نُنْجِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And thus do we save the believers. Opening up the door for you and I to also experience what is mentioned here at the level that is appropriate for us, because there's no way for us, of course, to be prophets. And understanding these meanings are the secret to our own ascension. Understanding these meanings of servitude before Allah is to the degree that we understand them will be to the degree which we are prepared to enter into the Divine Presence, which should be what our goal is. And... These are meanings that were expressed by Sayyidina Yunus that are part and parcel of the life of Ubudiyah, of servitude of Allah Ta'ala. That are referred to in another verse in Surah An-Naml, أَمَّنْ يُجِيبُ الْمُطَّرَّةِ إِذَا دَعَاهِ وَيَكْشِفُ الشُّوءُ أَسُوءُ وَيَجْعَلُكُمْ خُلَفَاءَ الْأَرْضَ إِلَهُمْ اللَّهِ And you could translate this as posing three questions. Who responds to the distress when they call upon him? The Muntar is the one who's been afflicted by Dur. He's been afflicted by some type of difficulty or harm. And they have nowhere else to turn except to Allah Ta'ala. They're distressed. Who removes their suffering? It's valid to translate that also as a question. And who removes their suffering? And who makes you successors on the earth? In other words, that you can go about and benefit from His creation. Is it another God besides Allah? Yet you are hardly mindful 
that qalilan ma tadhakkarun and so the mutar is the one who is in absolute need of allah they're distressed they have nowhere else to turn whether it be from a sickness or a plague whether it be from poverty whether it be from a sin that they've committed whether it be from being oppressed and in a situation that they can't get out of he is the one who is in this state of difficulty and raises his or her hands to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sincerely from his heart in a way that he believes with absolute certainty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will respond to his call fastajabna lo as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responded to the call of Sayyidina Yusuf of, of Sayyidina Yunus fastajabna lo wa najaynahu min al-gham we responded to his prayer and we saved him from distress and our prophet himself sallallahu alaihi wasallam opened up the door for you and i to also say the same dua that sayyidina yunus said in a hadith in tirmidhi he says da'watu dinun idha da'a wa huwa fi batn al-hut idha da'a wa huwa fi batn al-hut what was the supplication of the noon that he made in the belly of the whale? He then mentioned it. La ilaha illa anta subhanak inni kuntum min al-zalimin. What did our Prophet say? فَإِنَّهُ لَمْ يَدْعُ بِهَا رَجُلٌ مُسْلِمٌ فِي شَيْنٍ قَطْتُ إِلَّا اسْتَجَابَ اللَّهُ لَهُ No Muslim man or woman will ever make this dua, this supplication for anything except that Allah Ta'ala will answer his prayer. Opening the door for us. In another hadith, very in, with similar meaning. Allah ukhbirukum bishay. So I not inform you of something. Ida nazarabi rajul minkum karb. Obala. If one of you are afflicted with hardship or a tribulation, min amrid dunya, from anything that you experience in the world, da'abihi fafurij anhu. And that they then supplicate Allah with this supplication that they will be granted relief from that. Dua the noon, the supplication of the noon. La ilaha illa anta subhanak ani kuntum min al-zalimin. Opening up the door for you and I to make this blessed dua. Now, there's something important here that we need to bring out. The scholars, when they comment on this, that they say, this doesn't seem to be a dua. It doesn't seem to be a supplication. It seems to be an invocation. Even though a prophet referred to it as a da'wah, as a supplication. Because you're saying, La ilaha illa anta, there's no God but you. Subhanaka ni kuntum min al-zalimeen. Glory be to you indeed that I am of the wrongdoers. What do they say? They say, because this is how you begin dua, is by saying these blessed words and then turning to Allah. Or, it's teaching you how you have to be with your state while making dua. And so that there's a blessed hadith that of our Prophet that says, مَنْ شَغَلُهُ ذِكْرِ أَنْ مَسْأَلَتِي أَعْطَيْتُ أَفْضَلَ مَعْتِ السَّائِلِينَ Whoever is so preoccupied with my remembrance that it preoccupies them from even asking for anything, I'll give him the greatest of what I give those who are asking. Indicative of a state. And so that blessed state of Sayyidina Yunus that Allah Ta'ala then responded to and it, that took him out of that situation this was always with our Prophet Without that state, he wouldn't have gone to the Divine Presence. 
that state perpetually being in someone, first of all, it goes hand in hand with our servitude. But it's the secret for us to spiritually ascend in every single moment, i.e. having our heart prostrate, i.e. realizing that we have nowhere else to turn except to Allah Ta'ala, perpetual brokenness before Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, realizing that we are in need of Him with every breath we take and every single moment of our lives. And as we experience difficulties like the one we're all experiencing now, such that we had to have this program online only and we couldn't meet in person. These meanings here are really important. These meanings that we are discussing are the miftah of the faraj. They're the key that opens the door to relief. These are, this is the key and there's others as well. And I want to let in tonight by mentioning this blessed hadith it's a hadith because it's included in the book of Imam Abdul Razak al-Sun'ani, even though it takes place during the time of Umar ibn Abd aziz And there was an incident where they were in need of rain. And so Sayyidina Umar ibn Abd aziz he wrote to the various governors that were looking after the different parts of the Muslim world that were underneath him. And that he said to them, that to go out on a specific day of the speci of the specific of, go out during a specific day of the month at a specific time in order to perform the drought prayer and he says that everybody should fast and give out charity if they can so we need to listen very carefully to this advice because these are other keys of relief of faraj first of all that giving out charity Second of all, fasting if we can. And then he said to them that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَ Indeed, he is successful who becomes purified. وَذَكَرَ اسْمُ رَبِّهِ فَصَلَّهَ And mentions his Lord in praise. And then he says, Also say as Adam and Eve both said, رَبَّنَا ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا that, O Lord of ours, we have oppressed our own souls. If you do not forgive us and have mercy upon us, we will be from the losers. And then he said, Say what Moses said, Indeed, that I have done wrong towards my own self. I've oppressed my own soul. So forgive me. Allah Ta'ala then forgave him rahim. He is the forgiving and he is the merciful And then Umar ibn Abd Aziz said And say that which Yunus said Alayhi salam La ilaha illa anta Subhanaka ni kuntu min al-zalimeen There is no God but you Praise be to you, glory be to you Indeed I am of the wrongdoers Look at this beautiful that treatment of this topic that Sayyidina Umar ibn Abdulaziz gave us. He quoted the verses and what is the common thread in all of them? Rabbana We have transgressed against our own souls. That, and then, Inni to nafsi Indeed that I have transgressed against my own soul. Inni kunta Indeed that I am from the wrongdoers or those who have transgressed. These are prophets 
These are prophets that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen. And they're teaching us how it is that you and I need to be as abid, as servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are the meanings that we need to bring into our life. If we all turn to Allah ta'ala in repentance, and we recognize that we have transgressed, and perhaps we have taken part with our own transgressions to the condition of the world, we should take that responsibility on our shoulders and to that turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one of the most dangerous things that you and I can do in times of bala, as one of them has said, is to persist in transgression. This is one of the most dangerous things of all. We have to be especially careful in times of bala and tribulation to openly or even in a hidden fashion disobey our Lord. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us and have mercy upon us. We know that we've done ghulm to our own selves and to other people. And this is why that we have no other choice except to call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntum min And the place that Ustad Amjad in the Fakir studied, this was a daily practice. And this is the way they would start the invocations that they would recite about 30 minutes before Fajr every single day. And they would recite the verse, and they would add, Ya Hayu, Ya Qayyum, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kunta min al-dhalimeen 40 times, daily. Waqta sahr, in the last third of the night, turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, realizing that we're in absolute need of Him. And then, right after that, they would do the dua, the asma'ala al-husna, where they would repeat the name of Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, 100 to 200 times, turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is the greatest advice anyone could possibly ever give you for any problem that you are facing, for any difficulty that you are going through, any trait that you want to uproot from yourself, any problem that you just simply can't get rid of, any sin that you can't stop committing, anything that you want to attain, anything that you want to do for yourself, your family, or for other people, any dua that you want to make for another person, this is the very best time to do it. This is the very best state to be in. And this is how we want to call upon our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. And because our Prophet embodied that state in the most perfect way, he was the chosen servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that was chosen to enter into the divine presence. And he opened up the door for us to وسلم, ascend and to experience and to also be blessed with copious gifts. Assalamu alayna wa ala ibadillah is that the Prophet opened up the door for us also to receive the great blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah ta'ala give us tawfiq and on this blessed night may He fill our hearts with goodness and may He remove all obstacles, obstacles between us and between traveling the path to draw near to Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah ta'ala protect all of us and to preserve all of us and our family members and our loved ones and those in our community and the Muslims wherever they might be on the face of this earth. And may Allah Ta'ala remove this affliction Amen. and to ward off this tribulation Amen. and to protect humanity from it. Ya Arhamar Rahmeen. And we ask Him to quickly, subhanahu wa ta'ala, to lift this disease and this illness and this virus from the face of this earth and to restore people's health and to protect us and preserve us. Bi khayrim wa fa'afiyah. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammadan. وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم والحمد لله رب العالمين